called The Time. It's a group that Prince created around Morse Day. And uh, me and Monty had been in flight time. You know, Monty uh, went to Roosevelt High School here, him and uh, David Island, another great uh, musician friend of mine. And uh, we were, uh, Prince wanted to create this band, and, and Monty happened to be the keyboard, one of the keyboard players, him and, and Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, and uh, Jesse Johnson, and me. <laughs> So uh, that's how that pretty much came to fruition and stuff. But uh, Monty had been in flight time with me and Terry uh, even before then. So you guys were buds uh, as uh, a member of the time when you had a hit called Get It Up. Yep. Uh, Get It Up was our first single. I never forget we played, uh, Prince brought us to Joe Louis Arena in Detroit unannounced. And uh, by this time, you know, Get It Up was really running running up the charts on the record and stuff. And uh and he brought us there unannounced in front of 26,000 people. And I, I'll never forget, you know, I went from, uh, you know, playing little small clubs and sororities and all that stuff in, to, in front of 26,000 people. And, and just, I'll never forget the feeling I had. It was like crazy. It, I just, I don't even know how I played. I was that just shook <laughs> from the people's reaction from that. Bean, as you went on uh, as a professional musician, you actually wind up doing other things, such as producing records, which makes you kind of the director of, of, of the record, really. What was it like when Why Should I Cry, a song you produced, became a hit with uh, Nona Hendrix singing it? First of all, it was uh, the first thing I'd done as producer-wise, because, you know, producing was new to me. Uh, Jimmy Jam and, and Terry Lewis hired me to be in Flight Time Productions at this point. I had left Prince's uh, uh, organization and I, I needed to make money. So I got into producing and stuff and I had kind of watched a little bit. I had watched Jim and Terry do it, but it, you know, the thing about being a producer is a lot of different hats you wear with, on that, you know. You gotta be like a coach. It's almost like coaching the team, you know. You, you gotta convince the artist that you are telling them the right thing to sing or, or do or play or whatever like that. Nona made it so easy for me, you know, because she uh, she knew I was, you know, the first, you know, this was my first time and stuff, and so, so she 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 made some of the things that we had to do, like like say for instance the lead vocal. She told me, say, baby, we got how the song goes now. We're gonna sing it through about three or four times, and she said, you're gonna take what you like, and you're gonna make your own lead vocal from it, you know, compile it, and and uh, and this is how we're gonna do it. We're not gonna be here, you know eight, nine, ten hours and all that. We're not going to do it this way. We're going to do it like this. And God bless her that it worked like that. You know, she sung it all the way through about three or four times. And I took her ad libs and different things that I wanted out of there. And I made my own composite of the lead vocal that you hear. It turned out great.
Jellybean, you've got this June 7th thing at the Capri Theater on West Broadway in Minneapolis, 6 to 10 p.m., inviting people who want to get behind this Minneapolis Sound Museum. But what's your intent for it? My whole intent is to, to bring to fruition the people that that were over here to help, you know, they, we actually helped Prince be, become Prince because, you know, we were very competitive coming up as teenagers. You know, we all had rival bands. He had Grand Central. We had Flight Time. There was Cohesion. There was a, a, a number of other bands around here. And we were all, you know, we were all competing, just trying to get good at our craft. And we were pretty good, especially at being teenagers and stuff. It isn't well known, but institutions on the North Side played a big role in the lives of you kids that made up the Minneapolis sound and helped, well, provided places to play. We, we used to have festivals every year out at Phyllis Wheatley at North Commons, and all the local bands would play out there, and we'd have rival bands, and we'd play all day. We'd start like noon and go to like 10, 11 o'clock at night, and uh, there was no gun violence and no nothing like, you know, none of that. And we would just play music, and everybody from the north side would be out there, you know. And before that, we used to have those in front of the way up on Plymouth Avenue. We used to have those same festivals at the way, uh, community center up there. Kept us off the street, kept us from doing bad things because we were either working on our craft, or in my case, I was playing sports, playing basketball or something like that. It also helped my mom. My mom knew where I was. What's a song that to you exemplifies north side music from back in the day? Uh... I want to say us in concert, uh, the, the group Time in Concert, the song Cool. That, uh, you know, it's just straight ahead, it's relentless. Uh, it's how we grew up. We grew up playing funky music like that. I can always gauge the crowd, you know, out of these 40 years I've been in concert and stuff. I can gauge how the crowd is being on that song. And it's early in our, in our set and stuff. And I can tell if they're into that, we're going to have a good show. Minneapolis Sound Museum hosts a meeting for those interested in seeing it get off the ground at the Capri Theater in Minneapolis, Wednesday, June 7th from 6 till 10 p.m. For information, the web address is minneapolissoundmuseum.org. This program is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Phil Nussbaum speaking. <laughs>